Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Faith, left, caught in one hand, touchdown Cowboys! Dallas now leads by a score of 20 to 13. Snap to Jones, they stunt, he throws it over the middle, that's intercepted at the 35 by Diggs. And Cooper Rush is going to join Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett as the only Cowboy quarterbacks in history to win their first three starts. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go, 4 o'clock hour, Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. We do the Big Four at 4 every day now, change to the show, Big Four at 4. Uh, 5 o'clock, when we're only on in southern Nevada, we do the football frenzy at 5 o'clock. So big four at four. Adam Hill is here from the Review Journal. He's all over the Raiders beat, the VGK, uh, VGK beat, UFC beat, uh, sometimes UNLV beat. I can name probably five others you're on. Ari is running the show. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. And for the people in Reno who've never heard the show, this is Adam Hill in a nutshell. We've got a historic chase going on right now. Aaron Judge trying to get the 61. Ty Maris's number down the stretch here. He's scuffling a bit, right, Adam? He's scuffling. Scuffling. There's so much attention every single day. Look how happy you are. Well, also, I mean, it's, it's, this is obviously completely irrelevant. But ever since, uh, for uh, all you know, fellow Fresno native, uh, Fresno State alum, Derek Carr wished him luck. Zero home runs. Oh no! I don't think it has anything to do with so each other. The, the Raiders' poor play is now jinxing Aaron Judge. It seems that way potentially. Wow! Uh, I don't think that's the issue. I think there's just a lot of attention, a lot of focus, and it's not even that long of a, of a scuffle that he's gone without a home run. But. Right. Uh, I think it was it kind of looked at it as a foregone conclusion, and now you start looking at the schedule, saying, "All right, there's ten games. Like, very, 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 very likely, it's going to happen in the next couple of days. Yeah. But if it goes another couple of days, like the the attention's really going to start to ratchet up. And by the way, I also don't think it's a relevant number. Like, we're just arbitrarily going back and saying, "Well, now this is the new record again. Stupid." I'm a pretty big Yankees fan, sure, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, Barry Bonds holds the record. Of course. There's not even a debate. And mm-hmm. I, I keep hearing people, I forget who was around me yesterday, and they're like, oh, well, I mean, that was the steroid era. And this is what? We're sure? I have no idea. Again, this is what it goes back, this is what it goes back to the whole time. We can't arbitrarily just start saying yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Who knows? And, and I, don't, I don't, what does it even mean, the steroid era? The pitchers were on them too. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the competition at the time. I mean, Babe Ruth was in what? The lack of diversity era? When only certain people could play the game? Maybe that record means nothing at 60. Yeah. Right? And the the numbers are, there's three other guys above 61. Yeah. So he gets to 61 and he ties Maris. He's not setting any record by hitting 62. And I'll give you the ultimate kibosh on this. I'm betting Judge to hit the home run every day now. And the price sucks. It is terrible. But I'm reveling in clearing out my entire betting account on this. So I can have the story down the road that I had 13 games left in the season or whatever it was, 12, and he went homerless, and I lost all the money. I think at some point you're going to win. 
Are you doubling it so that you'll win at some yes, point? Of course. Okay. You have, you have to keep increasing it. Of course. You're not going to keep betting the same amount no. every day. You're not no. going to make it back. Yeah, you just got to yes. keep betting it. So, professional it. betting, he's not going to hit a home run before the end of the season. Oh, that would be rough. And, be rough. Like, and the last be, three games, so happy. last three games, it'll be a minus number. Like, I'm getting, I think uh, when I started, it was like plus 265. Now it's plus 185, 185. So it's gonna be it's gonna be even. Just keep doing it. It's gonna be even the last five games. Minus one ninety. I'm not keep rooting. Going. I'm not rooting against you, but I am rooting for him not to hit another home run. Because I, I again, I don't want these arbitrary. Well, now this is gonna be the number. What if like I would, I would bet if you made me bet, I would say that he's clean. But I, okay. there's no guarantee. And what if what if he hits sixty three, hmm. and then three years from now he tested positive, God forbid. Hmm. And then what would we say? Well, maybe he wasn't that year. He only is now. So we're we're gonna say it's it's sixty again. Like what? I would also bet you that ninety nine point nine percent of Yankee fans, if Barry Bonds had seventy three home runs as a member of the Yankees, would that would it. be the record. Of course, this is a New York thing. Totally. And, and, it's, and again, it's just I'm a, a Yankees fan, but I can see it for what it is. Like it's an amazing year. What he's doing is incredible, especially compared to what everybody else is doing. Like yes. Nobody's hitting a bunch of home runs this year. It's it's just him, which is it's incredible. But honor it for that. Number three. Another Adam Hill special is inclement weather oh, yeah. and his chance to watch the Weather Channel 24-7 and especially uh, potential Armageddon overnight TV viewing. And hurricanes have all of that. Well, let's not make it out like I'm some sort of ghoul that's hoping for carnage. I love live coverage of news events. I don't think you mind carnage no. as long as there's no deaths. Sure. There's not some sort of death toll. No, but I also wreck a lot of like stuff, see, and insurance can rebuild it if it chooses to. I don't like and, to see cities destroyed, but I'd like the coverage of it. I like the co- I like live news coverage of any major event. Like I did not sounds heartless. I did not care about the queen dying. Like it's not relevant to my life, but I was obsessed with the coverage of the event. Right. And so that that's just what I am. So yes, when there's a 24 hour weather story, I'm all in. I don't sleep. So are you rooting for Tallahassee to get through this cleanly? That's, I love, a, that's I love the capital. Florida. That's the state capital of it Florida. Is. I love Florida. Okay. Uh, right. But here's the thing. Yes. I don't know if people are. I'm sure people now are are tuning in because it's getting close. And if this thing hits Tampa directly, oh God. Why is that? You love Tampa? No, Tampa is. It was voted in 2013. Not voted. It was. There was a study that said it's one of the ten cities in the planet most susceptible to a potential flooding situation. Okay. You've been there many times, right? Yeah. It is so low. And they just started. I know, I know when you're near the beach, generally you're kind of low. Although I will say the coast of California is much different than the coastal areas of Florida. But yes, as you as you go from Tampa out to St. Petersburg, you're like the water is right. There, it, yeah. it will take almost nothing in store in terms of a. Is the word swell? I turn to you, Doctor Hill, meteorologist. <laughs> yes. Right, the storm surge. There's a lot. It, there's a lot of potential for flooding, and that would be horrific. It would, and it looks like in the last like do. Do I right now have a hurricane tracker on my computer in front of me? Yes. It looks like it has turned slightly to the south, where the worst potential landfall will be to the south. Right. A direct hit on Tampa would be a total disaster. Right now, it, it looks like we might get a little fortunate that it might not hit there. Still will cause just mass, mass devastation. It's going to be awful, but hopefully, not not that we're wishing it on anybody else, right. hopefully it is not going to hit directly. The other big story that uh, Adam Cantori across the way, Jim Cantori's uh, bigger brother, um, 
I know you'd like to break. Is there issues with EA Sports? Yeah. Usually they, you know, they, they roll out some of their weekly updates uh, throughout the week. There's just kind of a set schedule for it. And this week they sent out on their Twitter account. There may be some delays. Now, Why is that? The delays are because the studio where this all gets done is in Orlando. And so they are obviously bracing for, uh, you know, potential fallout of the hurricane. Even though they're inland, they're still very vulnerable as somewhere with a lot of water. By the way, I flew over Orlando uh, last night and amazing how much water is, is around uh, Orlando, even though it's way <laughs> inland. And I was, There's I was, a lot of lakes. I was taking stock of it. There's as a lot I, of lakes. As I was flying over, I was like, all right, this lake, oh, it's a little close to the city. I don't know about that. So I was, I was definitely taking it all in, figuring it out. That's what I was studying on the plane. Uh, but, yeah, there's there, there's a lot of things that are in Florida, and obviously we're going to see a lot of sports uh, affected by that this weekend as well. Number two. So media availability just about every day with the Raiders. You cover the Raiders. Are they still mentioning that all seven guys in the rotation on the offensive line, and actually that's increased to like eight or nine now, they all still deserve to play? So we're well, going with here before they settle on a five? Well, we didn't really see that happen this weekend. So maybe only five guys deserve to play? I mean, it's a work in progress. There's no doubt. It was, to me, a little bit silly that when we repeatedly asked for the first couple of weeks, are yeah. you hoping to just find a rotation of five as you kind of rotate these guys? No, no, no. No, that's not what we're trying to. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just the seven guys deserve to play. They're going to play. Well, no, you're looking for a rotation that works. That's what you should be doing. Uh, I don't know that they necessarily found it, but I think that they they could be onto something in terms of when Andre James returns, which he's missed the last two games. It looked like he was close to coming back last week. Obviously, he needs to get out of concussion protocol, but that could happen in the next couple of days. If he returns to play center, I think they move Dylan Parham over to guard. And it seems like they're closer to figuring something out uh, with, you know, Parham at guard uh, and Parham and fellow rookie uh, Thayer Munford both starting along with Andre James back at center, Jermaine Illuminar at guard, and then Colton Miller and, and Munford on the outside. Like, that seems to be something that might work. We haven't seen that combination yet, but that might, might potentially be something that works out for them. So I, I think in the end, what they've wanted is for a rotation of five to work out. We haven't seen it yet. But I think we've seen the bodies in place, and once Andre James is healthy, maybe you get to see that rotation kind of lock in. Number one. So on the betting front with the Raiders, it's been kind of amazing here. They continue to be favorites, even though they're uh, staring 0-4 in the face. And from a historical standpoint, the numbers are not good No, for the Raiders. It it would seem a lot more rare that an 0-3 team would be favored. Fourth game around, but it has happened a lot. Yeah. Uh, 35 times since 1989. By the way, the Raiders are two and a half right now favorites yeah. at home against the Broncos. Yeah, 35 times since 1989, a team that is 0-3 has been favored in their fourth game. Uh, favored by two or more. I mean, if it's one, either way, that's kind of considered a pick them. But uh, favored by two or more points as an 0-3 team. Those teams are 14-21 and 21 straight up, which isn't good if you're a favorite. 14-21 and 21 straight up, not great. Uh, even worse against the number 11, 23, and 1. That's 32.4% are those teams that have been favored by two or more as a winless team in week four. So what's your advice? Do you play trends like this? No. You don't play into trends like this? That's pretty, that's pretty long trend. It is. A lot it's, of data. Those are different every year. I mean, you know, you don't know what the situations those teams are in. Uh, I don't believe the Raiders are the worst team in the league, although the record says that they are. Um, the Broncos have been ugly 
ugly. Their defense is playing pretty well. They have not figured it out on offense yet. And, I mean, I love the guy. You know how I feel about him. I know you love him. You uh, you got a chance to speak to him sort of one-on-one in the past. Hack it. You raved about him off the air. And then I'm watching him. I'm like, this this guy's like everything you dislike. I know. I don't mean as a person, but just in terms of organization during the game and decision-making. Hack it has struggled. It's an adjustment to, to being oh, a head don't coach. Be, now he's going to be all nice. It's an adjustment to being a head coach. It's not the easiest thing in the world. He's struggling. He, he, I, I saw they, they added to the staff. Yeah. And I, I forget what media person reacted. They're like, this is embarrassing. Why? Smart. It's what they should have done in the first place. And there's something to admitting, you know what? I need freaking help. I'm not handling this right now. Please. Well, it's impossible to be a play caller and run a team, right? I mean... We've seen in Miami, it just doesn't work. Some spots it does. <laughs> Lots of others it doesn't. Yeah. And well, Hackett's one of the guys. The and I, have I, it too. Honestly, we can examine McDaniels too. Yeah. 5-25 and 25 is the last 30 as a head coach. Not great. The difference is Hackett's actually winning. Somehow they're escaping. With an offense that is freaking scuffling. Oof. It's 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 not been good. I'm, I'm holding out hope for my guy Hackett, but it's not it's not been good so far. So what do you want to do with this game? I think the Raiders finally win. I play the Broncos. I took the two and a half today. Broncos were my best bet last week. Um, but I I think the Raiders win this week. They have to. At some point, they have to win. More on the Raiders' woes coming up. Big Four at Four is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas. The call from anywhere number in Nevada is 766-1400. Did you miss the press box with Graney and Bischoff? Catch up with the podcasts or listen to the show live at lvsportsnetwork.com. I think you just try and be consistent every single day as a coaching staff and as a player. I think the guys have had a great mindset, and we're going to continue to do that for them as coaches, as a coaching staff, and as a whole building. Be the same person every single day. Work extremely hard to try and get that win, which we know we're going to try and single do every single day this week moving forward, and then the next week after that, the next week after that. But be consistent as consistent can be. Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, who are out to an 0-3 start. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. It's our ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas Hour. Cofield and company. Miles Simmons is in. National Football Insider. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. He already brought me in with bad, bad, not good. I'm amazing. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Wow. We should have played Earth, Love Wind, and Fire. Bad, bad, we should have played uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire and had a big debate about it. Uh, you got, very, you got very intense last week. Uh, I always do. You yeah. know, listen, I, like, I like to remind people that September is not Earth, Wind & Fire's best song, even though people like to say, oh, it's like the happiest song of all time. Uh, fine, but they <laughs> wow. have much better music that people should be aware of. And I just like to increase the awareness. All right. I bet you if you played in the Raiders locker room right now, that might cheer people up because, uh, you know, I'm going to ask <laughs> both of you guys. You guys have covered football for, uh, you know, a pretty long time. Miles, you've been in locker rooms what are the signs when things are becoming fractured? Like, would one of them be players starting to attack the media four weeks into the season? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Adam, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, the fact that there are some Raiders who are sniping at the media, and one of the guys reportedly who's doing it is Jonathan Abram, I think is embarrassing. Let's get back to work. Don't worry about who's in the locker room. Don't be telling people to get out. 
You know, you're under 25 years old. You don't want to be yelling at 55-year-old media people. They're not the problem. And as I always say, and Adam, you can react to this, when you start seeing that with college football coaches or NFL coaches or NFL players, guys, you're punching down. We are the least of your problems. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. If that was the case, that, that would probably be pretty ridiculous. If that was the case. If that was the case. If that was the case. By the way, did I call him Abrams? Abram. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what your sources are then. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> thought you were I thought you were gonna go with the locker room. The, the Raiders have been bad, bad, not good. Like uh the, the band oh. that was coming back. Oh, I should have done that. Yeah, you're right. I definitely that would have been a lot easier for me to to do that. Yeah, I, I just think I mean, specifically with Abram, I mean, I interacted with him a lot in uh, 2019 because we had this deal with the RJ where we were talking with him once every week. And so even when he was injured, I was interviewing him. And so it I'll say this. It doesn't necessarily shock me that he would be one of the people <laughs> allegedly saying that the media needs to get out, especially. I mean, look, he's in a contract year. He has not necessarily had the best career for somebody who came out as, as a first-round pick. The Raiders declined his option, and I know that they're in a new regime. But still, he he's kind of playing in some ways for his football life, and the Raiders just are not getting it done in the first three weeks of the season. And I think that for a team with pretty high expectations, this is not where they thought they were going to be. And so, yeah, they're going to start lashing out a little bit. Miles, pinpoint some issues. Uh, pinpoints some issues. Can I just say everything? I mean, look, look, it's, I think part of it is that Derek Carr is not yet comfortable in the Josh McDaniels offense, right? I mean, if you have to convert fourth in a mile to Mac Hollins all the way down the field, just to give yourself a chance to score, to potentially tie the game, which they didn't do, obviously, then that's a problem. You know, you can have good success for one half against the Cardinals, but for whatever reason, you are not having those same kinds of things happen in the second half. Devontae Adams had 10 catches in the first week of the season, and he's not had nearly that same sort of production in the second two games. I, I think that the offense has to somehow come together with Derek Carr and with Josh McDaniels. And I understand that it's a new system, but look, Derek Carr is nine years into this, man. Like, it, it, you got to be able to adapt and adjust and use the talent that's on the field to be good. And they just need to be better than that offensively. It's also very strange, and I don't know how to fix it. Uh, but, I mean, it is it is very odd that they have had three straight games where they had one dominant half and one terrible half. It, it's it is weird. weird. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, when you come out and you allow three straight touchdown drives to the Titans, you, you, you're not going to win many games when you do that, even if you don't let them have any points in the second half. It's just it's not the right way of doing things if you're going to win. And I don't know if that's game plan or if it's just execution, but I mean, I expect better out of a Patrick Graham group. I, I just do. And the fact that it takes one half – and not two halves of football for them to figure out what it is that they need to do. I, I just don't think it's a very good sign. One winless team in the NFL, it's the Raiders. They're they're not. No, the no, worst. no, no, Wait. no, 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 no. That don't don't leave the Texans out of it. Okay. Texans don't have a win. Uh, There's just only one zero and three team in sure. the NFL. Uh, <laughs> that that's actually factual. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, one zero and three team in the NFL, but I don't think they're the worst team in the league. Do you? No, I, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. And frankly, I don't think that the the Texans are the worst team in the league either. 
I, I, but I, you have to do things more consistently in order to prove that you're not. I don't think the Titans are a very good team. I don't expect no. the Titans to be really in the playoff picture. I don't expect that from the Cardinals either. And the way things are going, I don't know if the Chargers are going to be a part of that. So these, I mean, these are not great teams that the Raiders have lost to. They haven't won another game. <laughs> the Raiders are their only wins. They're, those two, those teams are one and two. So, I mean, I'm, I, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Like I said, I don't know if it's just an ad an adapt to Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham deal or what, but I didn't expect the Raiders to come out of the gate looking like this. And it's unfortunate because now you're zero and three and the further you get down the line, the bigger a hole you're going to have to dig yourself out of. Oh, and three is already a significant hole and to get to zero and four, oh, and five going into the bye, it's not going to be a fun couple weeks. Dolphins are 3-0 off the win against the Bills. Do we all legitimately believe they're going to challenge the Bills for the division title? Well, now that they've beaten the Bills already, I mean, yeah, kind of. It, it could come down to a late-season thing, kind of like it was with the Patriots last year, you know, where um, because the Patriots beat the Bills at home, it was like, oh, man, we've got to kind of take this seriously. And then the Bills beat the bejesus out of them at uh, Foxborough, and then it kind of wasn't a big deal. And then they beat them uh, like a drum in the playoffs, too. So I don't know if the Dolphins will really be in there to win win the division at the end of the season. But the way Mike McDaniel has them playing right now, I, I can see them challenging for it. In before Buffalo really, really separates at the end of the year. And I, I certainly think at this point, Miami's going to make the playoffs. If Tua doesn't play on Thursday and we really? get late notice Thursday morning that it's going to be Bridgewater, the number right now is Cincy four. Adam, would that number actually cross back under three? Would people look at Bridgewater as an upgrade? No. You don't think so? What? On Tua? No. 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 Not a chance. Really? You see what happened when another came in? Another, neither, who cares? Whatever. Short notice. <laughs> Neither one do you believe that he's about the same quarterback as Tua. No, definitely not better. Yeah, that's 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 a nice pat on the back for Tua after everyone was crapping on him. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I think the way that Tua's played in the first few weeks of the season has earned him that. And I watched Teddy Bridgewater when I was covering the Panthers, and he was playing for the Panthers. I don't. I mean, I, oh, <laughs> don't God. hold back. I mean, don't hold back. You don't no, well, Panthers. because I I don't feel good about it because yeah, he's a good person he apparently. But like, I just and you know he does a lot of things in the community. He really cares about people. Now he's back in South Florida, so like I don't feel great about saying what I'm about to say. But Teddy Bridgewater is not a very good quarterback. He is awful ball placement he can't bring you back when you're down he's just not very talented as a QB so no I mean at least to a tongue of Iloa has shown you that when the chips are down it's third and 22 he'll yak that thing down there and you <laughs> know what it's gonna get there. yeah he's gonna know he's gonna get that thing to the Jalen Waddle that, and Tyree kill is that so a, like, that's a quarterback skill yeah. Yeah. That guy's graded. That guy's graded yak. Like what? When did that become a QB skill? No, what, no. It, I, mean, I think no. he means yak is a great throw. That throw to oh, Waddle okay. on third and twenty-two was okay. sick. All right, all right. Yeah, it right. was. Yeah, that, yeah. No, yeah. I mean yak is in Y A K, not oh, Y A C. Okay. It is a little bit different, <laughs> okay, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the you're right. The Dolphins receivers can yak you to death, but I mean like yak, you know, yak it. <laughs> like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yaked it. He yaked it in that the throw to Craycraft. <laughs> The third of Craycraft in the end zone was absolutely Ooh, insane. And, it was. And listening to uh, Mike, by the way, I listen to every Mike McDaniel press conference. It's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, I do too. Listening yeah. to him talk about the the maturity that uh, Tua showed on that play, that he carried what he learned and the confidence he gained from Baltimore over into that third of Craycraft, which 
Everybody talked about the 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 yak on the throat of the waddle. The throat of Craycraft was that was insane. That was a new Tua. It was. It was a new Tua. And you know what? I, I think we really have to give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit because oh, as God. much as no, but here's he the can't thing. get any more credit it's, it's than not, he gets on this not, show. It's not you. Yeah, it's not you, Miles. It's, <laughs> oh, uh, it's okay. Adam. But but make the point because it's important to mention. All right, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't no, I don't good. listen every single day, I and I I understand that Adam has his man crushes, yes. and you know I understand how that can get old very quickly. But I will say this: when you look at Mike McDaniel and what he's doing, and how prepared he has his team look every single week, in comparison to what some of these other first year head coaches are doing in Denver one other head coach is doing in Denver, I guess I really should say, there is no comparison, right? And so for any excuse that anybody wants to put out there for Nathaniel Hackett, the response should be, go look at Mike McDaniel. <laughs> sure. Miles Simmons with us, NFL Insider, Pro Football Talk. You can go up on Twitter, Miles A. Simmons. Let's wrap on this one. I got about a minute left here. What okay. are the contingency plans for the Bucks, the Chiefs? And I know you wrote today that Bruce Arians was going to be honored and they've already uh, canceled that. So something could be on the way. Yeah, something could be on the way, and I've got a buddy who works for the Chiefs who said that the Bucks aren't necessarily keen on moving that game out of Tampa Bay, but the fact of the matter is, and this is what my response was, how are you going to host a game in a disaster zone? So yeah. Minnesota has been talked about as a potential venue. I don't know why they couldn't necessarily just bring it back to Kansas City, although that would be giving Kansas City a home game instead of a neutral field. The NFL will take as long as it possibly can to make a decision on when excuse me, on where this game will be played. Um, and honestly, I could think that might mean pulling it out of prime time too. And that's an educated guess. So I, I'm not necessarily sure if that's going to happen or not, but it, it's an interesting situation for sure. Great stuff, Miles. And go look at the room rates in Minneapolis. They're playing in Minneapolis. Oh, okay, really? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Inside dope. Thanks, Miles. Take care, guys. It's the Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Rolling towards a little sports betting talk coming up in about eight minutes with Sam Paniatovich from Nesson. I think he's going to call us from Fenway. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield. Nevada's Sports Talk Hour on a Tuesday, which brings us to travel woes. Travel woes. Adam Hill and I are on the road quite often. My travel's a lot easier than Adam's. Uh, Adam also chooses to travel like an animal at times. I do. We tried to get you on yesterday. I didn't yeah. bring the. I didn't even bring it up today. We had you booked for a spot in this hour yesterday, and we were on the road. And I just see on our little video talkback system uh, the always very calm and calming Ari, producer Ari, was freaking out. And he just kept saying, you, you're calling, you couldn't hear each other, this, that. It was weird. Yeah. And then you, you told me, where was the layover? Orlando. You went from Nashville yes. to Vegas through Orlando. Yes. I feel like that's backwards. So Got to try to save the company money. Why not? Orlando Airport, living hell? Yeah, I usually like it. But the, the problem was, and I knew I had a very short time, uh, and to make matters even worse or crazier about this, when I actually landed on the runway, I had called... Because there was a, a family function that I really wanted to be a part of, and I couldn't be at it yesterday uh, up in Seattle. And so I had called to check in on how everything was going there while we were sitting on the runway. And I had told them, like, hey, I got to go because I'm, I got to run off the plane because I have 42 minutes to make my connection. And I wanted to spend part of that on the show with you guys. So I was like, hey, I got to run. I'm going to get off the plane, do this spot, and then find 
the next spot. And usually when you have a connection, it's right there. Like it's a couple gates away, whatever. So I get off and we, we cannot connect. I'm freaking out. I'm trying to run through the airport, trying to connect at the same time, do this whole thing. And then I looked on the board and it, it's, my flight's not listed. So I went to one of the gate agents and said, hey, where's the flight? And they said, it's gate 81. And I said, well, where is that? And they said, you, have to, you actually have to leave the airport, go back through security and go through another terminal. I said, there's no connection between the terminals? And they said, no, you got, you got to switch. So thank goodness, well, first, that the phones didn't work because I would have just done the spot and then tried to find the gate and I probably wouldn't have made it. Secondly, thank goodness for TSA PreCheck. Because I never would have made it through. The line was ridiculous. It was an insane line to, to go through. So I got to zoom through on TSA PreCheck, but that would have been a disaster uh, to, to try to get through that. But it worked out. I made it and, uh, and got home. It was uh, no problem. November is the World Cup. It is. If you booked it for work, how many stops would there be? 38? Seven. Probably. <laughs> right? I mean, it has to be anyway. It's a cutter. It's a, it's a, that's a journey. Would you go with the latest news of what they're trying to do with security there? By the way, the World Cup is in November, which is bizarro. Yeah. And I'm assuming they did that because of the weather. Yeah, they did. It's nuts. So, so what are so they doing for security there? They basically they basically instituted a draft to bring up civilians to serve in like a, um, a de facto military type situation to guard all of the... Uh, all the venues. You know, where that, that, you know where that would work out if we did a draft to work security? You know where that would work out really well? Here no, in the U.S. That would be terrible. You don't think so? You don't no, think people would make these sacrifices? It would be awful. I think it's going to be bad there. People are already yeah. complaining. They don't want to do it. Uh, there's there, So it's mandatory. There's some real controversial drafts going on around the world right now. Uh, it's so mandatory? Yeah. Well, it's a draft. Drafts are mandatory. Sure. I think for a certain age group, certain, you know, oh for God. able-bodied males, whatever it is from a certain age, uh, yeah, that you have to go do this. And it's going to be kind of intense. Because I was reading up on the security aspect of it, obviously with the alcohol ban, which is going to be, oh, it's not going to go well. The Sober the fans are so much worse than drunk fans. Right, but the, well, I don't know about that, but the security is going to be tasked with trying to find any bootleg, oh. uh, bootleg items, uh, any kind of alcohol, drugs that are being snuck in. And what, from what I heard from the, from the uh, Euro final in Paris, the level of cocaine use was nuts. So they're going to try to sneak that in too. What? Uh, oh. Really? And, and, oh, there was just a story, I think, two weeks ago in the uh, the paper in England, I think the Globe did it, of how many cocaine-related arrests have been at the different EPL spots. Wow. Out of control. And one of the things they're no looking idea. for is false bellies, where people are going to hide things in false bellies. So good luck to everybody out what there. What is a false belly? You have like a fake stomach. Oh, you hide no. stuff in it. I'm definitely not going. Yeah. You know how, how, how much I'd be frisked? Sure. Repeatedly. Sir, this is clearly not a real This belly. can't be real. Look at the size of that thing. It's Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour. It's presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766 1400. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, here we go. Sam Paniotovich, Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. It's Ari. Sammy, how you doing? Better than Josh McDaniels, my friend. Better than Josh McDaniels. Well, you know, before we get to Josh and uh, your notes that the Raiders blow, let's talk about his old spot where you are because things ain't going super well for the Patriots. What are we looking at right now in terms of the quarterback situation? Mac Jones did not look good being dragged off the field. No, he did not. And, you know, I don't need to tell you to wait for Adam Schefter or Tom Pelissero or whoever to break the news that Mac isn't playing. The line boys already tells us Mac Jones isn't playing. And the price on the Patriots that I'll make the playoffs at over three to one 
tells us he's out for a while. You know, like I don't know exactly how long it is. Maybe it's two weeks. Maybe it's four. But you look at where this line opened. Green Bay on Sunday after the game opened up minus seven and a half. And then we started to get some rumors that Max injury was a little more serious. So the betters don't wait for the news. They bet on information and they bet on rumors. So they knocked it to nine and a half. And then the report came out Monday. Hey, this is a big deal. Line got all the way out to 11. Packers minus 11 against the Patriots. And now, finally, some resistance. I don't know if you've seen the last hour or two. We're seeing some nine and a halfs now. So back through the 10, I guess the debate now between the betters and the bookmakers is how much value does Mac Jones have to the point spread? And given where it opened and where it is, we're around two points. And that seems fair because Mac's been honestly pretty awful. He's got six turnovers in three games. He had no touchdowns and three picks against the Ravens. He's an average quarterback, and that's what the market's telling us. He's worth about two points at the line. So I guess more importantly, uh, how good could Hoyer be, and should I just go ahead and play the Packers in Survivor or try to fade that everybody else is going to do that? Survivor should be a free spot, Adam. Honestly, I, I wouldn't overthink it. You know, I, I think a lot of people, when you look at the Circa Survivor now, where, what, 75% of the pool is out, everybody's saving the Bills and <laughs> saving the Chiefs, and it's like, look, Almost all of you are out right now, so you might as well just survive in advance. Green Bay is winning this game. I mean, Brian Hoyer, I, I think he's lost his last eight starts in the NFL. He's not good, um, but what he's going to do is very simple. He's going to take care of that football. He's going to turn around, hand it off. They're going to try and eat clock, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and Bill's going to be more than content just punting the football and trying to keep Aaron Rodgers inside his own 20. That's the game plan for New England here. Um, and, and we all know that the big, the big question mark going forward is a hot dog cart rolls by me at Fenway. Could that yeah. be any louder? Um, <laughs> I might need to make a pit stop after this. The big question is, when do they go to Bailey Zappi? Because Brian Hoyer is going to come out. I mean, like, they're going to score 10 points this week. Maybe. They get a defensive touchdown, they get to 17. But Brian Hoyer, he stinks. So I, I, I would, to answer your question, long story short, I would, I would think the Packers win this game 24 to 10, 27 to 10. It also sounds like team total under. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they have no speed, no skill at wide receiver, and Hoyer, Hoyer throws the deep ball less than Mack. They finally turned Mack out. They let him play with a little bit of freedom, and he actually threw the ball down the field pretty well, but the problem is, Yards don't translate into wins. And Mac had 321 passing yards, but when it, when it was time to actually convert these drives into points, he threw the ball to the other team. So Bill is going to go old school, conservative. I'm telling you, man, like if the Patriots score 14 points or more, I would be surprised. Uh, so much of handicapping that I think people need to learn that are, that are just starting out is situational. And the Dolphins are in a brutal spot this week, not only on the road on a Thursday night, which is always bad, uh, but they're coming off a really, really emotional win, and their quarterback's hurt, and they're playing a Bengals team that needs to climb out of their early hole. This is a terrible spot for the Dolphins, right? It's one of the worst of this season, honestly, and the line movement tells us the story. You know, most books in Vegas open Bengals two, two-point favorite at home on Thursday night. Now you look at the board now, and it's four. And, you know, here's the other part of the equation, Adam. The Dolphins' defense was on the field for almost 90 plays against Buffalo. 90. And that was in 90-degree weather. That's, that's taxing. It takes you a week to recover from that. So they didn't practice today. They're not going to practice tomorrow. They have the walkthrough on Wednesday, and then they play on Thursday. 
where's the time to prep and prepare for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all these? Like, where's the time and where are the reps in practice? They don't have any. And I understand that, like, you don't want to lay four when the line opens two, but uh, the Bengals could win this game by 10 easy. I really think it's one of the toughest spots of the season. And it's very telling, too, because the Dolphins are, what, undefeated, and they're 3-0 against the spread. Yet the line is moving ferociously against them. That should tell you everything you need to know about this spot. Uh, and they also, I don't think, considered when they made the line those fire white, all-white jerseys that the Bengals are going to wear this week. Uh, worth about a half a point, I'm being told. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, you kind of hinted at it when you started. Let's just get to it. You're, you're really high on the Raiders, right? I bet them under the win total for a lot more money than I should have. <laughs> but I feel good. Um, because, you know, I, I think it was lazy handicapping, and I'm not, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about a lot of the national media and a lot of the, uh, you know, the sports betting personalities, right? Well, they got Devontae Adams. They, they should be a playoff team again. And it's like, all right, well, you know, the schedule was relatively easy last year. And, and here's the other thing. Josh McDaniels as a head coach is 5-20 in his last 25 games. There are some coaches in sports, boys, that are better groomsmen than grooms. This guy doesn't know how to lead men. He's not good with clock management. His decision-making is questionable. And here's the other thing. It's easy to freaking call plays when you got Tom Brady. You know? So, like, be careful with these hot coordinators, these Josh McDaniels and these Matt Neggies. And if Eric Bieniemy ever leaves Kansas City and gets a job, well, he's doing a lot of cool stuff in KC. He also has Patrick Mahomes. So, for me, Josh McDaniels was a, was a non-starter. I could not believe that I was able to get the Raiders under nine when the summer started. Okay, but who's the better coach this week, McDaniels versus Hackett? <sighs> That's tough. <laughs> it's really tough because, you know, Nathaniel Hackett is the type of guy, like say the Broncos are down four, six minutes to go, he's going to kick the field goal, you know? <laughs> that, that's how dumb he is. You know, he's going to kick the three – be down one and then trust his defense. He's really bad. Uh, I saw Pro Football Focus says that he has cost his team through three games the most points of any other coach in the NFL. But, I mean, how can you lay points with the Raiders? You guys aren't laying two, are you? Uh, I don't I mean, I don't know that I'd play Adam, either way. Adam can't do it. He, he, he covers <laughs> sure. the Raiders. I, already, I bet the Broncos. Okay, well, I love that. Yeah, I ask Adam a question. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. The Raiders allowing almost 400 yards of offense, and two of those teams aren't that great offensively, and 26 points per game in a league that's been littered with unders left and right. It's not good. The defense isn't good. And then, you know, Derek Carr, there's another guy. Prime example, yards mean jack in this league. You need points. They throw the ball a lot. He's got 850 passing yards, but six touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's been sacked seven times. The proof is in the pudding there with Derek Carr. Fox Sports, Nesson, Sam Paniotovich up on Cofield and company. So you've got some investments into the Giants. What did the Giants do for you last night in terms of your impression, and what do we do with Bears-Giants this week? Do I have to? Yeah. Do I have to talk about this one? I mean, it's Daniel yeah. Jones and Justin Fields. It's, it's a nightmare. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be inclined to look under um, in the spot. You know, like how would I bet the game? I'd probably go under. I don't really want to lay points with New York. I did it last night. It was terrifying. You know, even when they went up 13-6, I thought to myself, well, they're in a good spot, but then they, they gave it away. I, I won't bet the Giants, but I also, like, I can't bet Chicago. For the first time in, I think, 
11 years, the Bears are the first team to go three games without completing 10 passes. You know how hard that is to do? Like, they don't trust the quarterback. The coordinator doesn't trust them. And it's just, it's a game where I feel like that's the first to 17. Like, that's that's 17-13 final. I don't know who wins. I hope it's the Giants because I've got them over seven. But that's an ugly game. And, and if you don't have to bet it, you shouldn't bet it. I don't have to bet this next game, but I'm really curious about the number. Chargers-Texans, especially with L.A., so beat up. They're just a, a dumpster fire right now, and it's not really their fault. I mean, we talk about how the Chargers are cursed, right? But they're down left tackle, center, number one receiver. They're down potentially Joey Bosa. Justin Herbert has, you know, fractured ribs. J.C. Jackson, the number one corner's out. So we're talking about, you know, a gaggle of players combined that are worth probably, I mean, if you do the math, you know, Jackson's worth a point, Bosa's worth two, Allen's worth one, the left tackle's worth a point and a half. I mean, we're at like seven, eight points between all these players that are out. And the one thing, when you take a good team on paper, like the Chargers, and compare them with a bad team on paper, the Texans, injuries are the great equalizer. If you are not healthy, you cannot execute, you cannot perform. Look no further than the Tampa Bay Bucks last week with Tom Brady, the greatest to ever play. No weapons, no protection, they lose that game. I, I, you can't bet the Chargers. Now, look, I don't love the Texans at plus four and a half, plus five. That, that line was seven, and it's been knocked down a bit. But it's a stay away from me. And I, in one of my survivor legs, guys, I had the Chargers. And uh, I am I am now one out of two in my survivors, so I'm I'm dead in one of those pools. Thanks to the Chargers. Hurricane on the way could be hitting Tampa. Game could move. I just bet the Chiefs minus two. I like that play a lot. I really do. I'll use that in my contest for sure. Uh, Andy Reid, I think, intentionally didn't show us much in the last game against the Colts. He's saving the kitchen sink for Tampa. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I would lay two, two and a half before it gets to three. I think we're headed there by Sunday. Adam, good bet or not? You just said a couple minutes ago you think the game's moving to Minnesota. Should I not play it until I know? I mean, well, if you're going to – it depends on most house rules. I think the, the bet would be refunded, right? Mm. Well, if they change the day, if you change the day, it's refunded. But if you change the time, it's not necessarily refunded. Like if they move the game from, say, Sunday at 425 to Sunday at 1 o'clock or whatever, like that at most shops would not – cancel the wager but if you change the location that or you change the day that would refund the bet yeah we're saying i think if it moves to minnesota that would refund the bet so i don't think you can try to take advantage of getting a number now on a chiefs uh, i guess you would take yeah you would take a better number on the chiefs and then when it moved you would have a better number but i think it would be refunded so i don't think you can take advantage of it that way i've had to handicap so many damn things over the last couple of years <laughs> covid covid <laughs> protocol now we're handicapping hurricane hurricanes uh, last one, because we're a little short on time. You want to hit USC in college football or go with Bama and Arkansas? Well, I would lay it with Bama. I think the market tells us that. These two teams played last year, and, and we had a similar line, and it wasn't really all that close. Arkansas is bluffs. They're not, they're not really that strong. I would lay it with Bama. And, look, USC, circle this date, October 15th. They are losing at Utah. This team is fraudulent. They are soft. They are also very lucky. They have the highest turnover margin in the country. They're plus 14 right now because they have forced 14 turnovers and they have turned it over zero times. That is almost impossible 
to keep up. This team, when they play a tough team in the trenches like Utah, they are going to lose. And here's the good thing. Because USC is so overvalued right now, we're going to be able to lay like one and a half, two with Utah at home. October 15th, the Trojans go down in Utah. Mark it down. All right, we marked it down. Sam, have a good time tonight. We'll see you. All right, see you, boys. There he is, Sam Paniatovich. At Chicken X Dinner is where his podcast is at. Tons of video content. If you don't have availability to Nesson, tons of video content posted. Sam Paniatovich. Real quick, uh, Superbook, it will be action wherever the game is played. Just got that text. Oh, really? Yeah. The world is listening. Different than many other books. Really? Yeah. All right. Our 5 o'clock hour is on the way. We'll cut out from Reno. You're listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour at Sports Reno and LVSportsNetwork.com.